I think to get the most out of a brand audio experience, you need to have the same approach where the sound design reinforces the music, which reinforces the voiceover, which reinforces the music, which reinforces the sound design. It's all balanced together so that there's never a break in the experience. When all of that feels tight and in line, then I think you get a really great brand experience with audio. When you experience a cohesive audio experience within a brand, you know it right away. Your vocal presence has to adapt to the circumstances under which people are listening. It's not just a 30-second TV spot anymore. It has to be a different and yet cohesive experience when I'm walking down the street with hearables in my ears. Welcome to the Sound in Marketing Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Gene. I appreciate being on. Yes, so glad you could be here. Generally, I'll have uh, just one person that I'm interviewing or two people from the same company. So I thought that this would be kind of a fun uh, dynamic talking about um, sales versus design and see how they both play a part in what companies and brands are looking for and why they should be looking for what you guys are delivering. Can you kind of introduce yourselves in your own words and explain what you both do? Uh, I've actually been involved in audio in one way or another almost since the beginning. First, first as an as an avid enjoyer of music and especially live music, uh, but also in my career, I've been a component supplier to the audio industry, amongst others, uh, basically for my whole career. And so I've always had a passion for audio in what audio brings to people's enjoyment and fulfillment, uh, which is even more so today because mobile audio is very much on the increase, not only for consuming music, but think about podcasts, think about communicating with people around the world. Audio really fulfills us in many different ways, and I'm really happy to be a part of bringing that to more people. My, uh, my name's Charles Balderson, and uh, I'm an interaction sound designer. Sometimes we're called audio UX designers. Sometimes we're just called sound designers. Basically, I give a voice to products through oral cues. I, I design audio feedback that helps the user better understand what the product is telling them and basically can enhance the user experience while adding a character and an element of delight, an element of intrigue, curiosity, mystery, whatever you're trying to convey through your product. We work really hard to to create a voice. And uh, Andrew, just as you, I, I grew up in in music and just loving music. And I've I've spent probably more hours under headphones than not growing up. And uh, everything from over ears to in ears to on ears. Sound has always intrigued me as a way of really conveying emotion as well as understanding emotion and and it's really important as we move forward with technology that we're very thoughtful about the audio feedback coming from devices so that we can put people at ease so that we can better communicate various feelings from devices it's kind of scary to use that word feelings from devices but the truth is we're trying to convey emotion and information at the same time so it's important that we consider sound but you know headphones definitely have a, a much more immersive, much more emotional experience when you're listening to music and even podcasts more recently. But the Walkman, when that came, when that came about and you could walk around and have your favorite track in your ear, the world is different. Like the colors are different. Like the experience is different. How does that translate for a company? So we understand the power of music, 
I don't think anyone's really arguing that music is powerful, but how do we translate that into a brand and why is sound and music important? Because it's not always music. To use audio as a means of communication for a brand, it needs to be considered um, from, a, from a cohesive viewpoint where you can't just have music that serves a purpose and then sound that serves a purpose and then a voiceover that serves a purpose and a jingle that serves a purpose. All of these elements, they need to tie together because the way we communicate with each other through voice is that we learn each other's tone. We learn how the inflections of certain words mean certain things. And I think to get the most out of a brand audio experience, you need to have the same approach where the sound design reinforces the music, which reinforces the voiceover, which reinforces the music, which reinforces the sound design. It's all balanced together so that there's never a break in the experience. For instance, if you are watching a product video, the music is great, you're totally immersed in it, and then all of a sudden, the voiceover completely clashes with it, then that's a problem and it needs to be thought of how does this voice balance with the music? And then same with the sound design. If you have sounds within that video that are not reflective of the product that the video is of, then you're going to have a clash. And all of these subtle elements can really hurt a brand. Whereas when you have that cohesion, when you have the sound design reinforcing the product that it's displaying, the voiceover feels as if like, if this product had a voice, this is what it would be. When all of that feels tight and, and in line, then I think you get a really great brand experience with audio. Yeah, I completely agree. Sometimes it's hard to define, but when you experience a cohesive audio experience within a brand, you know it right away. And that's only getting more complicated with the rise of mobile audio because your, your vocal presence has to adapt to the circumstances under which people are listening. It's not just the 30-second TV spot anymore. It has to be a different and yet cohesive experience when I'm walking down the street with hearables in my ears. So a lot of challenges for people using sound and marketing. Yeah, challenges and opportunities as well. It's, uh, it's a pretty exciting time because there's, there's so much that can be done, especially with, I don't, I don't even know if, if we've come up with a proper term for augmented audio reality. I mean, maybe we should come up with something, but having an augmented sonic reality overlaid um, in your entire world with hearables can open up huge possibilities for accessibility, um, for the non-sighted, for, for any number of, of uh, accessibility concerns. It's, it's incredible what, what we can do with, with beacons, with Bluetooth, with um, QR codes, anything that allows us to interact with the world around us and get audio feedback versus just visual feedback, I think is really going to open up the world for a great number of people. Oh, you hit it right on the head, really. And because I, for the last year and a half, been walking around with connected hearables in my ears all day long, I've, you know, given a lot of thought to just exactly how that would work. And the coming new Bluetooth standard, which gives short-range broadcast capability, will bring a completely different experience. For example, imagine I'm listening to music and I get within easy walking distance of the McDonald's. Well, you're not going to interrupt the music with, you know, a 30-second ad spot. But what if you just heard the McDonald's musical tone? And then on hearing that musical tone, you think to myself, I'm hungry. Then all you have to say is, hey, voice assistant, 
give me walking directions to the nearest McDonald's, this sort of thing. And of course, as you say, accessibility, uh, unbelievable options for accessibility. For example, you can imagine having these short-range Bluetooth beacons at every intersection advising the non-sighted exactly what's going on in the intersection when the light's about to turn green, if there's a car, this sort of thing. The possibilities are really endless. Well, Andrew, have you had a chance to see the, the Microsoft Research Soundscape project? The Cities Unlocked? I have not. Okay, well then after this, you got to go look it up and download the app. It is, um, that, I, that was a great opportunity. I got to work with Microsoft on this and it was developed by um, a team at Microsoft Research. I believe it was headed by Amos Miller and he is non-sighted. And it was incredible to work with him on this. Basically, it's 3D audio immersive um, that has a built-in IMU. So when you're turning your head, you everything is, is stays in space. So you can have directions to, back to your McDonald's point, you could have the icon, audio icon of McDonald's pop up. But it would be in relative to where you are. So if you turned your head, it would stay where it is. So you'd always have this reference point of sound. And I think that that is going to take it to another level. When when audio objects can float in space and always be there, then then you're going to get a very immersive audio um, augmented reality, and it's going to be pretty wild. It's a free app you can download, um, and it's it's a very cool way of experiencing the, especially in cities, because it will give you. One of the greatest things about it is that it doesn't just give you directions, walk here, stop, walk here, stop, turn here. What it does is it creates um, a beacon in stereo that gets you, gives, gives a non-sighted person perspective, which is something that, they, that a non-sighted person doesn't get. You and I can sort of glance around a neighborhood and say, okay, there's the corner, uh, I can see McDonald's about two blocks down, or there's a Starbucks. Uh, a, for the non-sighted, if they're using a map application and they look at a map, they don't get that perspective. They, they, they can't look at a map. They can't see the overview of the area. But with sound, you can create this overview using subtle audio icons. And it will get pretty noisy, so I imagine there would have to be standards in place for frequencies and note duration, etc., etc. But then you can get a, an audio overview of the land, and I think that that would be absolutely incredible to see. That's definitely interesting. I think that that also brings up a point about... Um, audio ethics, um, because I could see some people going, whoa, that's like, that's forced advertisement, or I, I don't know what they would call yeah. it. Um, for the for the seeing impaired, I think that that would be an excellent point that you just made. Um, but it also brings up the idea of Google Maps, I think, I think this is like how much you pay into it. But like, if you're zoomed in, just enough, certain restaurants will show up or certain businesses will show up. And I think that you pay to get those seen like before you zoom totally in. I, I'm not entirely sure how this works, but um, that I guess that's how that's monitored is who's going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, that, that's an interesting thought. I really like that. I'm definitely going to check out that that site. It sounds also like um, how the blind have computers that have, I can't remember what the technology is, but where the, the AI will read what's on the screen to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Microsoft developed an app like that as well, where they can walk through a grocery store, pick something up and it will recognize what it is and explain what it is. Um, and that's, that's amazing. It's, it's so great for accessibility. 
But back back to your point about the uh, ethics, it's interesting because for the sighted, it's it's still there's there's got to be visual ethics involved too. For instance, when you walk through Times Square, who can afford to put the huge billboards up that say McDonald's is here or Starbucks is here? So it it in the end, it's whoever can pay will get noticed kind of thing. So and I think that's going to be the same with augmented sound. Um, whoever can afford the space. The difference is with visual, you can take in 20 billboards in front of you all in one glance, but could you imagine hearing 20 audio logos at the same time? Wow, that would be <laughs> terrible. That, that so would be noise. There's going to have to be some balance. Yeah, exactly. That would be noise. There's going to have to be some balance as far as who hears what, when, and how close do you have to be to it, etc. But we can get onto this and design it later. Yeah. No, but ex exactly, because... Um, you know, I, I talk about how visual has, it's just noisy now. There's just so much visual, especially like you walk down Hollywood and Highland and it's just like sparkly and you don't see, I don't see anything. There's too much to look at. And I think that there's a danger in that for sound too, that it could just become too much and it's oversaturated just like the visual has been. So, um, Andrew, I wanted to go back to you, um, through your company, through Knowles Corporation, you've helped place hearable and hearing aids with customers. Can you touch on how complex and immersive good audio can be for someone who really needs it? Yes. Uh, and, and just to clarify a little bit, I mean, we supply the small speakers called balance armatures and microphones into those industries. So we don't actually interface with the end customer directly, but we're driven by, the end customer's needs as perceived by the uh, earphone and hearable companies that we do business with. And we can really see the world gravitating towards a more premium sound experience. Uh, you know, you think about when people were satisfied with the $2 earbuds that came with their mobile phones, and that's not really happening anymore. It was really, there were always, you know, always quality sound experiences available in the audiophile space, but for the mass market, it really began with Beats, right? I mean, Beats taught the consumer that it was worth paying several hundred dollars for a headphone. Regardless of how you feel about the original Beats sound signature, they taught people that it was worth spending that kind of money. And the industry, you know, has only taken off since then. And as audio consumption becomes more mobile and as the experiences become more varied all the things we're talking about more people are pay placing uh more emphasis on having a premium sound experience i mean people know what good sounds like i mean even even a basic level car sound system is way better than it was say 20 years ago anybody who has say you know a flat screen tv with any kind of a sound bar underneath it the sound experience is really quite good. And so then when you pop the uh, $2 earbuds in your ear, all of a sudden you realize, oh, this is not good at all. Yeah, it's all about perspective. It's all the perspective. That's right. Everybody's, uh, you know, everybody's perception of quality sound is increasing. And we can see people taking advantage of that, sometimes from unexpected places. Like gaming, for example, there's a good deal more mobile gaming going on than there ever was before. And for gamers, having an immersive, high-quality sound experience is really important. If you know your 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 gaming enemy is sneaking up behind you, you want to be able to hear them snapping a twig. You know, if you hear the of an arrow being shot, you know, you want to know which side of you it came from. You want to hear that flick, you know, across one ear or the other, and that really takes a premium experience. Especially with the screen being so small, 
sound needs to fill a lot of area because you know when you're playing on a massive screen you can get away with a lot more um, visual elements to, to know that you have an arrow coming over your shoulder like you can have a flash or something like that but when you're playing on a tiny screen you have the ability to bump up the, the audio experience to a level that far surpasses anything that, that, that a screen could reproduce because you have 360 degrees to play with so it's uh yeah I, I agree that mobile gaming has really pushed the audio quality standards too it's hard to get immersive when you're looking at a six inch screen uh, but if you have an immersive audio experience it really enhances the gaming experience and the same thing is true for music and you know also hearable voice assistant use uh, when you're when you're out on the street you want a quality sound experience because really what you're trying to do when you're listening while you're out and about is to get a little bit of that immersion and you don't get that with a low-end audio experience it just sounds like more of the street noise cacophony and so you see that you, and you see for example amazon choosing a woofer tweeter uh two balance armature combination for the echo buds instead of an ordinary speaker going trying to elevate the sound experience well that's and, great that they're doing that yeah and so you see that more and more that there's a, a two uh a two dynamic speaker combination from samsung so you see everybody stepping up their audio game because people want to be immersed when they're listening to sound. Now I'll add that the corollary to that is, is that more people are going to having outside microphones for ambient awareness so you can have a mixed reality experience. You're out on the street or you're on a train, you want to be able to hear what's going on around you, but you want to be able to vary the mix and so that you can hear where the cars are and yet still enjoy your musical experience and adjust the level of ambient to outside. Do you remember Doppler Labs, either of you? They, they made some of the first hear, uh, hearables. Um, and I remember I, went, I was down at CES one year and I, and I chatted with, uh, oh, I forget, I forget the CEO's name, but super nice guy. And it's, it's such a shame that they, that they went under. But the concept was amazing that you could dial in how much ambience you wanted. You could adjust it dynamically. You could even add reverb and echo to the outside world. Needless to say, I had hours of fun just sitting around listening to like nature with an echo on it was pretty wild but even with the the new airpod pros which i just got and i am really really impressed with these devices i don't want to sound like an apple fanboy but these things are amazing but nobody has gotten the pass-through audio perfect yet and that's, that's because it's going to be subjective for every single user. It's going to be a different audio experience based on their own hearing and their, their own perception of sound. But uh, I would love to see more immersive uh, equalization and more depth so that I could fine-tune the pass-through audio so that it would be invisible. You know how at the beginning of video games, they have the brightness slider, so you can adjust it so you just see the dark icon passing through so you can get the, the brightness right? Well, they need something like that for the augmented audio experience so that you can get it to a point where you can't tell whether the pass-through pass is on or off in that, or sorry, whether the headphones are on or if it's the pass-through that's, you know what I mean? It's, uh, once they get that nailed down, then it's going to be, you can have a completely invisible augmented audio experience because you'll forget that the headphones are on there. It's like, it's akin to, to prescription glasses. You know, we, we forget we have glasses on our head. We put them on and we just see things in focus. Now imagine we could have the same experience with, with hearables and you put them on, 
but you forget that they're on there because A, the industrial design is great and they're super comfortable and they're lightweight and you don't notice them. And B, the audio coming through makes them acoustically invisible. I think that will be a really good day and no one's got there yet, but... Actually, people have gotten there. The funny thing is, is you don't think of them as hearable devices because they're called hearing aids. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Fair and, enough. And, Good point. And, and I'll tell you a funny story, right? Because mine are Bluetooth connected. I'm actually talking, I'm, I'm listening to you through them now, uh, Bluetooth on my computer. And when the AirPods Pro first came out, a couple of people in Knowles bought them and I tried a pair and I said, wow, the ambient audio pass-through is really natural, more natural than, you know, a lot of hearables and almost as natural as my hearing aids. And the person I was talking to said, your hearing aids have ambient pass-through? And I said, that's <laughs> what they do. Yeah, that's kind of their first function. And, and, it, and it is funny because I wear the Rick style, which means only the little speaker goes in your ear and the rest sits behind your ear. I constantly forget they're in. Like if I take an afternoon shower, I jump in a shower. And when I hear the water hitting the microphones, I'm like, whoops. <laughs> Fortunately, they're waterproof. Uh, but, but that is really the ultimate. And, I've, and I can either by operating the, the, the buttons on the hearing aid or through the app, I can vary the mix between what's playing through them and the outside sound. So I can listen to a podcast or music and put it say two thirds ambient and one third music. And it just sounds like there's a radio playing in the background in the room with me. Amazing. I can still converse and the music's playing in the background. It's all very, very natural. And hearables are heading in that direction. I think AirPods Pro is a great example because their, their ambient sound is quite natural. Uh, you can't vary the mix. That's the only thing that's missing compared to my hearing aids, but uh, that is quickly coming so that you can really have a true immersive AR experience in a hearable device. Stay tuned next week for the conclusion of my interview with Andrew Bellavia of Knowles Corporation and Charles Balderston of What Sounds Design, where we talk more about audio experiences, multimodal capabilities, and sound advertising through new voice-first technology. For more of the Sound and Marketing Podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, and share. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Stitcher. For inquiries on producing and developing your own podcast, or for inquiries on sonic branding and sonic branding consultation availabilities, you can find me at Dreamer Productions. That's D-R-E-A-M-R Productions.com, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at DreamerProductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. This episode was produced by Dreamer Productions and hosted, written, and edited by me, Gina Isham. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.